0: Do not adjust your your dials, your your sets. I have a guest today. This is my guy, Jack. What's up? We are recording on Wednesday, so we do have a game later on tonight, right? Nope. There's no nope. game.
1: They swept. The Warriors swept, so no game. No
0: game. Perfect. So we could just talk about everything all out in the open here. As far as the East goes, like have you been how do you feel about this? This Toronto team and how do you feel about this Milwaukee team? Obviously, they're, they're the better team now. they better. They come in with a better record.
1: It's interesting. Like the first two games, it seemed like the Bucks were in the driver's seat. After those ended, mm. but then after going back to Toronto, they've looked like they've lost a step or something's been off from Giannis to the whole team. Like they just don't seem like they fully have it together. And I wonder with Game Five, which is on Thursday night, if we'll see them pull it together at home. I mean, what do you think? Because so far, it's been very dependent on whose home court it is.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's why we have Giannis pretty much playing to his his strengths, and a lot of these role player guys on Milwaukee playing pretty well. They have home court advantage, right? Yeah. They have the best record. They're able to secure that during the season. That's very important. I think that's one of the things that needs to be addressed um, in terms of that being kind of the factor that if you're you, you want to be home on a game seven, you don't want to yeah. be you don't want to be away. The crowd is kind of like the sixth man, the sixth defender. You know what I mean? Right. So I think and it's
1: just such a like energy boost, too to have like a roaring crowd behind you. Exactly.
0: And for me, I look at this Milwaukee team, a lot of these guys are young. Obviously the Toronto team uh, is full of more veterans. You got Kawhi who's obviously been a cha- he's a champion. He's been to the finals a handful of times or yeah, playoff you, experience. Playoff experience, right? That's what matters. None of these guys in Milwaukee have that with the exception of maybe uh Hill, right? He's He's been I mean, he on the Spurs, right? Brook Brooke
1: Lopez, kind of. Brooke Lopez. But yeah. That, <laughs> Who's actually been, like, stepping it up. but yeah,
0: yeah. he's So, how do you feel about him? Like, all of a sudden, he's a three-point expert. The first half yeah. of
1: his career, he <laughs> shot
0: zero, 0% from three, and now he's uh, a dead-eye shooter. How do you...
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's a weird growth, because I feel like usually you don't see a big man like that come into shooting for him in that way. When he gets this much older, you know, like it's more evident usually earlier on. It doesn't develop to this extreme. I feel right. So it's it's crazy to see.
0: Obviously, injuries have been a factor in both the East and the West Series. Kawhi, they're saying at ESPN, saying that he's he's limping
1: and if he goes down, they're a wrap. Oh, they're done. Like- they're toast. <laughs> <laughs> like he's been the not just the glue, but He's been the defining factor for them.
0: If Kawhi doesn't hit that, that game winner, obviously in that, that game seven against Philly, there was no other person I felt like they could have gone to in that clutch moment.
1: Yeah. Like, Lowry has been somewhat better than usual, but he's still not someone you want to rely on for the playoffs.
0: Don't even get me started on Lowry because I felt like <laughs> he should have been gone with DeRozan. They should have packaged the deal and sent them to the Spurs, <laughs> brung over Aldridge and Kawhi and uh, Danny Green. Lowry is, for me, someone who he's in, he's indicative he's indicative of the seasons that Toronto has had since he's been there at the helm. Right as a point guard, they have potential they'll have spurts of of genius, great moments, but then they get to the playoffs and they take a step back. And I yeah. think we've seen glimpses of that, but Kawhi has been strong enough to kind of negate that and and that's why we're we're locked in at 2-2. Right. Reportedly like Lowry is also hurt that thumb injury. That's that's been nagging we've, we've seen with the little like thumb <laughs> sling or whatever. I don't know how much that's affecting him. On the other side, you got Milwaukee. A lot of these guys look healthy. They look unbothered. Do you think Giannis is at full full strength, full health? You think he's... I don't know.
1: He's been getting into foul trouble, and I don't know if he's not at full physical strength. But mentally, it seems like he's kind of coming up on one of his first roadblocks as a young player. You know, mm-hmm. and of course they didn't struggle against the Celtics. So
0: who are you giving this next game to?
1: Man, I mean, so we have. This next game in Milwaukee, then it goes to Toronto, then back to Milwaukee. And, I mean, so far we've seen the home court advantage play out. I feel like the difference now might be that Toronto kind of has the momentum. And if Giannis is feeling kind of, not nervous, but if he's not as sure of himself as usual, maybe that'll be enough for Kawhi to pounce on that and take over.
0: Kawhi has been tasked with guarding Giannis. Do you think that's affecting him having to chase chase a
1: guy like Giannis around? And- I mean, Giannis is obviously bigger, but Kawhi's still a decent size and also a talented defender. I mean, there's the rivalry kind of aspect. Not that they individually have a huge rivalry, but just that they're the two stars in this matchup who are being put onto each of their team's thrones or as their captains. And I'm sure he feels pressure to prevail against Kawhi and at least not let him hold him down or stop him and let Milwaukee down, you know? Right. So I'm, I'm
0: looking at the box score from the last game of Toronto, you know, winning obviously 120 to to 102. What really sticks out to me, Giannis is playing 34 minutes and I don't know if he's averaging around that, but this last game he he played he played 34 minutes. That doesn't seem like a lot.
1: I mean, part of it's too cuz I think he fouled out at least the game before if not this last one. Right.
0: So, he's probably a little bit fresher than than Kawhi. Kawhi is obviously like playing the whole game. They have no they have to play him, right? Yeah. Giannis had 25, Middleton crazy 30 points. If you got Middleton clicking, you got other guys sh- clicking in terms of, you know, just the shooting and you got Giannis, obviously, you know, just being a beast all over the floor and just dunking on everybody. Who's important to, to stop defensively or or what, if you're, if you're Toronto, what do you focus on defensively outside of Giannis?
1: I mean, I would say Middleton probably like Bledsoe hasn't been doing too crazily. And I feel like Middleton's been more of the killer. I think, what was it last game? He had like 30 or something.
0: Yeah, Middleton had thirty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's stepping his game up, and if you're Toronto, you want to not have him have a heat check performance, you know? Right. What about you? What do you think? I think,
0: I think you kind of have to. You gotta, you gotta let other guys beat you. You gotta really hone in on on these shooters, making sure that you're not letting them get to their spots on the floor. Obviously, you want to make Giannis as uncomfortable as possible. You don't want Middleton getting to the corners. He's just me watching games. It looks like he likes really likes that corner three. I would run Brooke Lopez off the three-point line. In transition, he just stops at the top of the key most of the time. I'd pay attention to that. But I'd really make sure that I'm bothering Bledsoe. I'd really make sure I'm bothering Middleton. You got Brogdon back. He's healthy. He, hasn't, he didn't have a good game last game. He only had like four points. But you don't want... Guys like that, and also Hill, who can knock down those shots and those clutch moments to get in a rhythm. So I'd really focus on those guys and also just nagging Giannis and, and making sure he's not getting to comfortable spots on the floor, too, which is easier said than done, obviously.
1: And one other factor for Toronto that we haven't talked about yet is Drake on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> can really talk some trash. <laughs> yeah, <And> then... <laughs> he was like attacking Giannis. Yeah.
0: Like wow. what do you think
1: about that? I mean, he's like Toronto Spike Lee.
0: Oh, he's probably worse than Spike. Yeah. <laughs> he might be worse. Spike has calmed down a lot. Um Drake is young and and spry and he's, you know, we saw him mocking uh Embiid in Philly. Right. Um at those games and and in those Toronto games as well. Drake. Drake is like the sixth man. You know yeah. he's 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 just as important as that Toronto crowd. If anything, he's kind of like the the ringleader. Right. You know, if he's bringing that energy, that crowd is feeding off of that. And I think if you're the refs, you kind of have to kind of put put Drake in check a little bit. Tell him to sit down. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they, I don't know if they can do that, but <laughs> right. that's like a good look because he's like the team ambassador. And then obviously, the officials have to be you know unbiased or whatever. But how do you feel about Drake's antics? Is it bothering? the players too much or like is it
1: yeah I mean for him to be sitting on the sidelines right there he's essentially sitting with the whole team like he's like the only one right there with all the players on that front line and I feel like Giannis is used to hecklers but of Drake like someone of his like celebrity you know it's Maybe it doesn't bother him, but at least throws him off a little. It's just kinda weird. Like imagine you're playing and you just hear Drake yelling at you like, Yo, <laughs> missed that fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He's like sick.
0: Six, six. <laughs> <laughs> miss, 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 miss
1: <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean I'm I don't know, I'm all for it. Like there Biz. was an article that Every team should have a Drake, and I kind of agree. Like, that would make things pretty fun. If every team had their own ambassador, I mean, they're not going to all be as big as Drake, but Drake has also proven that he's loyal to Toronto. So, I mean, we'll see if he can help push Kawhi and them over the edge.
0: I'm sure he's probably going to have dinner with Kawhi soon if he hasn't. Oh, yeah. be like, yo, we need you.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's kind of weird that the Raptors are... Paying for a jacket for Drake, also, you know, like
0: basically before uh, before the last game, the president presented uh, Drake with this gaudy jacket, which is apparently <laughs> tradition. They've been doing this for the this marks like the fourth year they've been doing this. Uh, the jacket is inspired by the home jersey of uh, toronto with also drake's branding his OVO owl the, right. the jacket is worth like half a million dollars yeah do you think like the team should be giving drake these expensive jackets like where is this money even coming from to pay for these jackets like what's the significance of it
1: i mean it makes sense for him to be the ambassador but then they're taking half a million dollars to make him a jacket like yeah make one for like 500 or something <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean- <laughs> like have a budget <laughs>
0: <laughs> like yo drake my bad this year you just wasn't in the budget like that like we yeah. have to scale down or like
1: he can pay for it himself he got fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. mills <laughs> facts
0: but i don't think i don't think toronto themselves is paying for it i think it's coming from like another company or something like that i have to read up more up on it there's a there's a company behind it but you know to your point i think when you do things like this and you know like you said like every team needs a drake when a team shows this much love, I think, to their ambassador or whoever they've chosen to to represent the team, whatever celebrity, it definitely creates, I think, a great relationship, something that's going to last very long because a celebrity could just come and go. Well, Drake is forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> Celebrities come and go, but Drake is forever. Um, <laughs> you, When you do this, you definitely have Drake in your corner for a while and obviously he's a guy that likes shiny things and it's a cool jacket
1: yeah it's a cool jacket and he's been wearing other like raptors themed merch too like he yeah. had the purple jacket the other day and stuff
0: oh yeah i like that jacket actually yeah i don't know if, if that's available for purchase <laughs> <laughs> i could see you rocking it <laughs> i can yeah, see. i mean get that <laughs> that fit off so speaking of of articles of clothing right drake wore that uh 76ers shorts i guess to kind of play off his uh Right, you the know, Drake curse. The Drake curse. Do you think there's really a Drake curse, and will he be trying to use that against uh, Milwaukee?
1: Whether it's quote-unquote real or not, it's still played out. <laughs> if he takes any other action against the Bucks, I mean, I'd be interested because, like you said, he did the 76ers logo when they played them, and it worked. So I feel like... Maybe he'd do it low-key, you know? And then if they (laughs) win, he'd be like, yo, check out what I did to help you guys get the W. (laughs) I'm
0: still rocking with Toronto to win this series.
1: Who do you have? You know, I think it's hard because of the sort of recency bias. Like, the Raptors have the momentum now. And I want to go with them just because they've won the last two and they're kind of hot in that sense. But... At the same time, if the Bucks go home for this next game and win it there, they're up 3-2, and then they only have to win one of the next two, and Game 7, if that happens, would be on their home court. So, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say it's against the Bucks, But also, Kawhi has been looking super determined. And Giannis, I mean, he's of course determined and motivated, but... Kawhi seems like there's no stopping him, you know. He'll figure out a way. And the Bucks don't look like they're unbeatable. So I'm going to say Toronto at this point. Okay. And I'm going to say in seven.
0: Wow. All right. I mean, we're almost there. Yeah. This, this is <laughs> game five coming up, so. What about you? I think it's going to go seven as well, although it shouldn't. But it just is a testament to... Uh, the strength of Milwaukee and how far they've come as a as a as a unit.
1: I mean, even in games where they haven't been playing that well, they've still like forced overtime and fought back at the end. So both teams have fight in them.
0: Yeah, but I, I definitely give Toronto the edge because because you know they've definitely more experience. So I feel like experience does most of the time prevail. So yeah, I'm definitely going with Toronto.
1: And one more final question on. This series, you mentioned in the last four quarters episode how Kawhi's buzzer beater shot was second to Dames for this playoffs. Right. But let me ask you, if Toronto gets to the finals and either that and or they win the finals, does that elevate his shot above Dames at all?
0: That's a great question, man. Um, I think Kawhi's shot will be more memorable.
1: If they go farther.
0: If they go further, I think people already are sort of forgetting Dame's shot over OKC because that was so long ago.
1: And just because they got swept by the Warriors, which we'll get into. Exactly.
0: Right. So I, I think I still like Dame's shot more. It just looked more aesthetically pleasing in the timing of it. Yeah, But I think people are going to remember Kawhi's shot a bit more just because of uh, how how much further... They're getting or they've gotten uh, into the playoffs. And especially right. if they make it to the finals, that shot is going to be like, yo, the number one shot.
1: Yeah. And after them going through this struggle for years of, like you mentioned, just collapsing whenever they got to the playoffs. Yeah. They never had a guy before Kawhi.
0: They never had yeah. a go to guy. That was one of my gripes with this team prior to the Kawhi trade. I feel like, you know, you could only ride the and but so much. And yeah. then, like, I just felt like it was like the Two Stooges with him and, right. and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, it's like one guy's looking at, "Yo, you gonna score? No, nah, you gonna do it? Right. Nah, I might not." <laughs> you know, that was my like, it's like "Yo, don't like,
1: put that pressure on me, man."
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> no, 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 you got it this game. Nah, nah, you got it this game, bro. Like, I'm not, I can't do it. I'm yeah. scared. So now that Kawhi's here, he's he brings that that intensity. He bring he knows what he's doing. He is a bona fide superstar.
1: Yeah. So let's head over to the West. I mean, like we mentioned, the Warriors swept the Trailblazers. Are you surprised at all? I mean, I know in your prediction you had said Portland might get one game, maybe two at max, but you didn't have much faith in them.
0: Portland is another team that, just like Toronto, I do not think that they are capable of of sustaining any sort of success for very long. Yeah. I think they have weak bones. It's it's like, it's like a rotting house, you know. <laughs> I de- I definitely don't see Portland coming back next year and, and coming and getting as far as they've gotten. I think a little bit of luck played on that. I don't I don't think they should have gotten past OKC to be honest with you. Yeah. I think Dame absolutely put that team on his back and you know just wanted and McCollum too. I give credit to yeah. McCollum. Honestly, they shouldn't have gotten past Denver either. <laughs> <laughs> I did pick them over Denver just because of how uh, how much swagger Dame came into the series with. But yeah. like, I don't—I'm not surprised they got swept at all.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: At all. What was your breakdown of it? Like, how many games did you think they were going to win? And, like, what did you think the outcome was going to be?
1: Well, here's the thing. So, KD had that injury at the end of last series, and we weren't sure— How much he was going to play in this series or how the Warriors would function. They were also maybe going to be tired from that series. But man, I mean, if there's anything this series showed, it's that the Warriors can just put on the pedal to the metal whenever they need to, you know. I mean, whenever they're down by 15, 20, doesn't matter. (laughs) They just come back and it's not a problem. It's pretty easy for them. And... I mean, they have this extra fire now with KD gone, and Draymond's been going crazy. Steph's been playing good as ever. Clay has been contributing. Like, they have, like, pretty much an unbeatable team, and I don't see them losing even in the finals, no matter who gets through. Even if KD doesn't come back, they just seem unstoppable.
0: Are they better or worse without KD?
1: That's an interesting question, you know, because <laughs> it's like. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the league. But at least at the moment, they have this extra motivation, it seems, without him to play harder and prove themselves. And maybe they can be a little more selfless without him on the court and play like they used to and have a little bit more fun, you know? And I don't know. It's interesting, too, because, I mean... KD is probably watching this like, damn. They really don't need me like maybe I should just go to New York. <laughs> like boy is hurt
0: right now. The self esteem is low. Yo, his Twitter fingers is strong right now. <laughs> he's picking up that burner account and he's going in right now. And he's yo, he's a Libra. You know what I mean? I don't know how you know. Apparently he, he's indecisive, you know what I mean? I don't know how much anyone follows astrology, but like that's one of the, you know, lead tendencies. So I don't know. I don't know if he for sure goes to New York, but I think he's absolutely mulling it over. There was a report that I read that saying that he's pretty much not happy with Steve Kerr. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see um, that, which, but I'm not
1: surprised.
0: Yeah. read a report saying that he's kind of tired of Kerr, like, prodding. That was the word <laughs> they used. I thought that was an interesting word. Yo, KD hates um, everyone,
1: though.
0: <laughs> he's a grumpy old man. <laughs> <He is. laughs> Chill out, KD. <laughs>
1: You you're, could ask him you're... like, "Yo, what do you want for breakfast?" Oh, You'd be no, like... Stop asking me. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> like his chef in his million-dollar mansion is like asking him, "Does he want pancakes or waffles?" He's like, "What do you mean? What do I what if I want pancakes or waffles?" Stop asking me. Gosh, like he's like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> oh, idiot. <laughs> He's going to be unhappy the rest of his career, I think. That's great. Why? Just because no matter where he goes, between the media hounding him and just his own personal feelings and temperament, I don't see him being like, yo, I'm happy right now. Like, this is a great team. <laughs> like, you guys aren't bothering me or anything. Like, If he comes to New York, I can't wait for him <laughs> to, to to
0: tackle these uh, these reporters.
1: Oh, man, it's going to be just (laughs) awful. Yeah. We've kind of talked about the Warriors stuff, so let's get into that briefly. So what are your feelings right now on... Do you want KD to still come to the Knicks? And after Kyrie's kind of awful finish with the Celtics, do you still want him to come to the Knicks? That's a great question. I think just
0: as... As a Knicks fan, obviously, I want a star to come. I'm absolutely crushed that we didn't get Zion. We are going to get someone good, obviously, with a, with a, a top three pick. If Durant comes, and it pains me to say this, I think it's going to be a Carmelo situation, especially if they can't get another good max player to play alongside him. The Knicks, again, I, and you know, I, I love using this analogy. The team, is a, it's a rotting house in the sense that <laughs> <laughs> it's, it doesn't have good bones, man. And I mean that like they don't have a bench. Management is still questionable when you have James Dolan at the helm. Granted, you know Steve Mills and uh, their other guys at the top are, are pretty decent. But as long as their owner's not meddling, they might be okay in terms of the decisions that they're making. But in terms of Durant coming and, and being a savior, I think that's a pipe dream. And I don't necessarily have 100% faith in that, especially, like I said, if they don't fill that max slot. But if KD comes, this is going to be a lot of great games. The ticket price is going to go up, and I'm probably not going to be able to go to a game. But (laughs) I'm going to love the KD highlights of us losing by, like, two points maybe. (laughs) And uh, if Kyrie comes over with him, I think that's going to be an interesting tandem. Kyrie's low-key a jerk. (laughs) And and Durant's high-key a jerk. Yeah. So I don't know how well I mean, Kyrie
1: should. also hates the media, too. So yeah. I don't know how he'll do with the New York reporters, either.
0: Exactly. There's going to be a lot of awkward silences and, and <laughs> people storming out of, of press conferences.
1: Did your opinion of Kyrie change after this season? Kyrie just shows me that he's
0: continuing to be someone that kind of doesn't know what he wants to do. And I mean that he wants to score... I don't necessarily think getting his teammates involved is high on his priority list, which as a point guard in this day and age, in any age, is problematic, and he continues to prove that. He needs to make sure that he knows who he is as a point guard, and if not, maybe slide down to the two spot, and and if you want to score and shoot every shot, do that, but if you're going to be on a team like Boston or a team like New York where you have to get guys involved, and in, in the case of Boston, he had talent around him. He had an amazing bench. Why aren't you passing these guys the ball? It showed me more of who he is, you know? It's just like that saying, you know, people are going to show you who you are all the time or whatever. I, I might have just made that up. But <laughs> it's not a real saying. <laughs> hey, I <But> mean, like... <laughs> put it in the books, man. <laughs> put it in the book, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's showing us who he is, and it's kind of lowering my my anticipation or my, my uh, excitement for him possibly coming to the Knicks. So.
1: And what about Kemba Walker?
0: I love Kemba, man. He's a Bronx native. That's where you're supposed to be, like, yo, BX all day. <laughs> I was letting you
1: finish, but, yeah, for yeah. sure. Nah, you're supposed to interrupt, Bronx, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: man, Deezus got that on Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kemba, man. I think he's a little less selfish than Kyrie. So if Kemba did come, I think he could mesh well with KD, but I think he'd also need a guy, a big man to play with, who he could just lob the ball up to. I'd rather Kimba over Kyrie, surprisingly.
1: Yeah. And then with that third draft pick that you were mentioning, it looks like they're probably going to take RJ Barrett, who was Zion's teammate at Duke. I mean, how do you feel about him?
0: There's so much talk going around about this guy. And honestly, I I didn't watch him as closely as I watched Zion. But we do need a guard that can come in and score and facilitate. You know, who's going to be a strong... Locker room presence as well. We need a vocal leader. I don't know if Barrett's that guy, just because I don't know too much about him. But I mean, based on what you know about him, like what what kind of leader would you say, would you think he could be?
1: I don't know, because he's been kind of in Zion's shadow, you know? Like he's been Zion's number two. So this would be the first time for him really being on his own in that sense. So I think it's hard to fully say at this point because he's just always been attached like they were literally roommates so
0: do you think he's an impact guy he just comes in the nba and makes makes the knicks better
1: yeah i don't know i'm not so sure about him i feel like john morant who's probably going to go second is a little bit more of a safer bet but i don't know like he's good but it's always i feel like with guards or small forwards especially kind of tricky and he's not even like the craziest shooter I don't know, we'll see. I mean, he could fit well with the Knicks depending on who they build around him, but that'll also be important in terms of after they make the pick and, you know, we'll see if any other trades happen or anything, but how they build the rest of the team around him after that.
0: Yeah, man, I'm, like I said, I'm still crushed about Zion, but it's more of a situation where you can't continue to place all your chips on one thing that may not happen, and I feel like that's what the Knicks have historically done. So now that we're not getting Zion, maybe there's some crazy doomsday scenario where you know I, somehow we get I don't know Anthony Davis or we trade Barrett away and goes to play with Zion in New Orleans. I just don't know where the Knicks go from here. And they they get Barrett, they got to get two max guys. I think that's just the biggest their biggest concern at this point yeah you didn't mess up the draft this time hopefully <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet if you don't mess up you'll be okay just pick who you need to pick pick who you should who you're supposed to pick and just work from there most knicks fans want to just see us get a good pick we want to be able to cheer at the barclay center clap it up we're not getting zion Go for the pick that makes sense. And I think that's what most Knicks fans are expecting from the team,
1: including me. And what are your thoughts on like the current situation in terms of Zion and Anthony Davis with the whole Pelicans situation of what's going to happen there?
0: I, AD wants to go to the Lakers. Right, that's the speculation or most of the reports that are going around. Right, although
1: he changes his mind, he like changes constantly. his mind so much.
0: <laughs> he might be talking to KD, like, "Yo, like where you want to go? I don't know where you want <laughs> to go." link get up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> let's build, bro. <laughs> up, man. Um, I have no idea, man. I think this. I think, I think them getting Zion absolutely pushes AD out the door. Not that he was going to stay anyway, but them getting Zion affects the rest of the league in a sense that they have in the back of their mind, okay, we've got this new we've got this budding young player, everyone wants him. Let's see how we can maneuver this guy that doesn't want to be here. So, the Pelicans are the team with the most to gain.
1: The cards in their hands right now. Exactly. He's not a free agent until after next year.
0: Exactly. So, either way, if a team decides to throw the whole you know, roster at the Pelicans in exchange for a guy that you can rent for a year, even though he's vocalized that he wants to be in L.A. or, you know, or the Knicks or whatever. If you're an organization, do you you take that chance? I mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard talks about them wanting to wait until, like, February, you know, and see how it goes. and That'd be horrible. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's that's the rumors. I think the hope, too, is that... Maybe he'll start playing with Zion and be like, yo, maybe I should just stay here. Like, <laughs> I got the next LeBron on my team. Like, <laughs> we can just take it over from here. Do you think there's any possibility that happens that he starts playing with them and it just like he's like, oh, I want to stay? Not at all. Not at
0: all. <laughs> like
1: I, 0% chance?
0: Think about it, man. <laughs> right? You're you're the cool kid, right, on your block. All of a sudden, there's a younger kid that dresses fire than you, and just you know, he's he's got all the latest Jordans and whatever. Everyone likes him. All of a sudden, you know, you don't want to live on that block anymore. You want to move.
1: (laughs) That's a good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This kid has got taken all my friends. (laughs) You're not. You're gonna want to leave. So I don't. I don't think, especially you know, as a superstar, that ego is there all of a sudden this this kid comes out of nowhere and he's like the savior or whatever, or he's painted that way, you already don't want to be there. I think that forces you more out the door, for sure. Interesting. I think AD really wants to play with LeBron, man, and I think that's a really good fit. AD hasn't really played with a player that is going to get him the ball and lob up the ball to him in spots where he's comfortable. We've seen flashes of that playing with Holiday, but I think you need a guy that just wants to pass and see a D dunk everything on everybody. That's the only way, and I think LeBron's that guy for whatever how long he has left or whatever he has left in the tank. I think L A is that place, and LeBron probably has maybe a good four more years left in him. All he has to do is throw the ball up to a younger, more spry a D and just you know watch those assists pile up and and get to the the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and take it from there. Right. 'Cause I don't think the the expectations are too high right now for them. They get A D, obviously they rise, you know. But if they get to the Western Conference Finals as soon as they get A D, they're good. They're money. They don't even have to win a chip, they just have to get
1: there. But yeah, so I guess that's everything for this episode. I mean, it seems like the Warriors are just gonna take it once again. I mean, I think doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's Toronto, doesn't matter if it's Milwaukee. Doesn't matter if KD plays. I think the Warriors win no matter what.
0: I agree. I, I totally agree with you, <laughs> and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love watching the Golden State. Um, if I wasn't Knicks fan, I'd probably be a Golden State fan. It's amazing basketball, man. And Curry's this is his team, and I, I think no matter what, everyone wants to, everyone wants to see Golden State win. I think you know. I, I think that's like the popular.
1: I mean, it has kind of flipped around since the KD injury. Or him being out, because now it's like they're kind of, not underdogs, but they're playing with like that extra chip on their shoulder now.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed having Jack on. That was a great surprise. We're going to have him back, definitely. You can follow Jack on Instagram. Jack, you want to shout out your Instagram?
1: (laughs) Sure. Jack Bloom Summer. Summer with an O.
0: Yeah. You can follow me, at Drew Goes In. Cesspool Network. At Cesspool Network on, on IG, follow us. We have great content on there. Obviously, we got other shows. We got. If you want to plug pros and cons. You want to plug the Otani show.
1: Yeah, so I do a show, pros and cons, with Kev, also part of Cesspool, where we talk about random topics. And we also do a baseball one occasionally called Otani Comes to America.
0: Otani's a great kid, man. I'm going to start to follow him just because like you guys have been talking about him for so long. So I feel like I have to. You know,
1: even yeah, I'm Yeah, man. He's an interesting player.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's another episode of Four Quarters. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate you, man.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Peace. Peace. BX. <laughs> <laughs>